This is the Drummers Only podcast, brought to you by the UK's leading drum store. Welcome to the Drummers Only podcast. My name is Jake, and today we have a very special guest with us which is a founding member of Street Drum Corps. He's played for many, many bands, Dead by Sunrise, Cruella. He stood in for Tommy Lee with Motley Crue. And since 2015, I think it is, he has been the drummer for punk rock legends, Sum 41. Today, we've got Mr. Frank Zuma with us. How are you doing, Frank? You okay? Good, buddy. Good to see you again, man. Yeah, you too, man. You too. So I I feel like every single time that we talk, you are in a different country, a different continent, somewhere in the world. So where are you today? You're in uh, Vienna, Austria. We're out. Uh, we're about halfway through our uh, European tour um, that will end in London um, at Ali Pali, which is going to be a pretty awesome way to end it. And I'm actually going to do a solo show after um, the Sum 41 set. I'm gonna like just get off stage, hop in a car and go to the uh, the garage and do a solo oh, yeah. show and then fly home first thing in the morning. So ended up pretty crazy, but- Ooh, bit Busy end to the schedule then, yeah? <laughs> nice, man, nice. Um, so what I'd like to do, if it's cool with you, is take take you right back to the start and if you could tell me sort of where, how did you get into drumming? Sort of, was there a part in your childhood that sort of went, yeah, do you know what? Drums is for me. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty easy because I was just born into it. My whole family is, you know, very musical. Um, so my parents were gigging, you know, before I was, you know, I was in my mom's belly and she was gigging. And then, you know, they just, I, it was constantly just around. <clears throat> and they started taking them into shows right away, you know. Uh, so, you know, I started playing my dad's drums pretty much immediately because they were just in the house. Um, but the thing that like clicked and sparked, like, you know, kind of moment was my first concert, which we all remember our first concert. And it was seeing Motley Crue and Ozzy in an arena at five years old. And like, oh, nice. I just, I knew, you know, I knew at that moment, that's exactly what I wanted to do. It was just like the inspiration that just, you know, it was just, I still remember it, you know, as clear as day, just sitting in the nosebleed seats and like watching Tommy Lee play and be like, that's what I'm doing. You know, it's just yeah. such a, such a great moment. It's a trip when kids will, tell us you know they, they've been to our shows and they'll be like you know this is my first show or something like that and it's such a trip because i remember that moment for me it was such a big moment in my life you know love it i love that that was your first concert that's <laughs> my parents man like what yeah. a crazy and i just i just you know talk about like you know just full circle um you know motley crew just reunited and they're out in america they did a stadium tour and i took my my oldest son um to the show and to be able to share that with my son and him to see Motley Crue, um, and him to absolutely love the show and all that, it was like a very cool full circle. Moment. Oh, that is very cool. That is very, very cool. Now, I've I've read this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've read this somewhere that you've been you've been an award winning drummer since the age of seven. So yeah, I uh, the it's the drum school that. Uh, 
I studied at from, you know, really young age um, in, in New York, they had, um, it was a competition called Battle of the Beats. Yeah. Um, where basically you would just go and do your, you know, three minute solo, totally like, you know, just, just you. Um, and I won, which was crazy. I was so young. I think I was only six and we lied and said I was seven because that was <laughs> the youngest, the youngest age group was like seven to like 10 or 13. Um, so I did that one. And then like the next year they upped it, they actually had, um, like, uh, a backing track you play to that. If you made that round, you got to play with a live orchestra and stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty cool. Like for, you know, being that young doing stuff. And I like, I, I don't, I'm not a competitive person. Like I don't like, yeah. and I don't think music should be a competition. Um, like I love, you know, in America, we have school of rock. Mm-hmm. And like, I love what they do. They just put kids in bands and you're playing gigs. Like yeah. I would have rather do that than do stressful competitions. You know, like I didn't enjoy competitions and like marching bands and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I like performing um, and I don't, you know, think of it that way, but whatever, I get it. And it was cool to, you know, win, I guess um, at such a young age. Um, but it was funny. Like I, I have the VHS tape and I've been saying this for years. I got to get it digitizing like put yeah. on my youtube but like yeah for i sure. have this total double beige giant drum kit you can barely see me and i'm just like ripping double bass at like six <laughs> years old so so rad <laughs> amazing man amazing i am um, so right so let's skip forward a few years so i i first heard about you um when i first heard uh the street drum cop now that seems to have been a big part of your life because you've been you've been a part of that for a long time it's taken you all over the world you've been out playing shows with huge bands with those guys um and some tv appearances as well so how did that all come about yeah i mean that was kind of my my break you know in the music industry which is like the most likely on paper thing that you would think would happen you know these these three dudes just banging on found objects you know, um, but because we offered something completely different in that landscape of like band touring, it was super appealing to a lot of, you know, the bands and tours. Um, and we wound up getting, um, you know, involved with the owner of the Warp Tour and, he, you know, put us on a lot of tours. He had a record label at the time. He gave us a record deal and it just kept kind of growing from there. And, you know, one of the street drum corps guys you know was in a in a band that toured with like you know a lot of that world so kind of it's like it's like we kind of went viral without you know in a different meaning like we basically went we went to a junkyard and we filmed for an afternoon and just like had fun and just basically edited down into like a little promo video and i knew the theme park world um and my partner knew the rock and roll world and we kind of just sent it out, not thinking anybody would care or would do anything. We wound up getting gigs at theme parks and then private events and then touring because what the cool thing about touring was we would go out and like, we'd kind of be like the hype intro for a band. Like yeah, we would go yeah. out before they, you know, like changeover, you know, would be ending. And before the band went, we'd come out and kind of hype the crowd. And then, we would blend into the opening band's song or like intro. We did that with the U's. We did it with 30 seconds to Mars. And like, it was just a kind of cool thing because bands were like, bring these guys out instead of having just house music and house lights on, we can have these guys hype everybody up and then they can play with us. And like, you know, we, and then we would be part of their show, like Lincoln Park 
you know, we'd be part of their show. We'd be their beginning, middle and end. We'd be like added percussion players um, and stuff like that. So it was like kind of, it was cool though. Like, we'll give you the stage to do your thing, but then you be part of our show to, you know, make our show different. And that was kind of like our thing that we got known for in the industry. And it was, it, it worked and it was well. And we did that for years. I mean, it took us, like you said, around the world. We got to come to, you know, we played Wembley Arena, you know, yeah, yeah. 30 seconds to Mars, you yeah. know, years ago. Um, so yeah, that was definitely my first break. Um, but like I, you know, because we were just percussionists playing on a lot of found objects, I'm a, you know, also have such a passion for being a drum set player in a band. That's why, you know, just through shoot drum corps and all the touring, making relationships, I was able to get all these gigs with other artists, you know, until, yeah. it, led to, until it led to some 41. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, so touching on that, you've played with, you've played with a lot of people, a lot of different bands. You've sessioned for a lot of people. You've done a lot of sort of EDM stuff. And I know you're big into your dance music and stuff like that. But one person, one person that always stuck out for me was when, when I saw you standing in for Tommy Lee. Now, like Tommy Lee, I, as he is to you, is a massive, massive inspiration of mine, and he's an idol. So how did you wind up being able to play for Tommy Lee with Motley Crue? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, we, again, growing up, you know, with him being my favorite drummer and all that, um, because of Street Drum Corps, you know, he found out about us and loved what we were doing, and I finally met him, um, and we became really good friends and still are, you know, to this day. And, um, Basically, I was going to come out because I just finished a true drum corps record. It's when we were on Interscope, we did a basically like a double record. Um, and I was just going to, you know, I'd finished recording like two records worth of drums and I was like done. I was going to go out and visit him on the road. Um, and like a day before I was supposed to go visit him, I got a call saying like, you need to come now. Um, I burnt my hand with fireworks. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I remember reading about that at the time. The sparkle of fireworks. <laughs> like, I woke up in the morning and my phone was like, because he was on the East Coast. I had missed calls, texts, emails from him, his tech, his tour, you know, team and all that. So they were like, you know, you got to come out. Because um, I was technically going to be coming out to visit the next day. They're like, you're, you're going to come anyway. Just come out and play. And, I got out there and um, he was in bad shape. I mean, his yeah. skin was was gone on, you know, one of his hands. So he was like, I'm still going to be on the tour. So the fans are, you know, stoked that I'm here. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go out on the mic and talk. I'll play piano, um, but I, I can't drum. So I was there basically until he was able to, you know, like after a week, he was able to play like the second yeah. part of the show. And then eventually when he did full shows, I had to like kind of, be there just in case he needed to tap out. And then once he was like, yeah, good, I, I had it out, but it was incredible. I mean, talk about like full circle beyond to just be in the band that inspired me. Um, yeah, for and, sure. And it was just, it was the funnest, most incredible, you know, thing ever. Um, and, but it was like, the, it was, it was one of those gigs where it's like, there was no rehearsal. There was no sound check. I just got thrown into the fire. Like I sat behind his pit just to like, you know, make sure everything was comfortable and it totally was. And then it was yeah. just like learning like what, sample pads like which ones hit what you know kind of things but it's like we all know kind of when you grow up and you're like shedding in your parents you know garage or basement like you kind of like there's we all have kind of one artist where we like know every song because yeah. we're obsessed about it as drummers we played like that was kind of the one that i was like okay but it was 
the Dr. Feelgood anniversary. So we played that whole record top to bottom, went off stage, came back, and then did all the other hits from the other record. So there was a couple songs on that record that I hadn't heard since, you know, back, back in the day. So on the plane ride, I just kind of brushed up. Um, but yeah, dude, it was, it was insane. That's incredible. I love that. Like, you're totally true in what you say because there's like Motley Crue are probably one of those bands for me as well, but sort of White Snake are that band for me as well. Where if I had to get on stage and play with them, you could probably know enough of the structures to be able to go, yeah, I can, I can get through this and get through this show. So totally see what you're saying. So, uh, I mean, Tommy Aldridge was drumming for Ozzy when I saw my first show. Yeah. So Tommy Aldridge has always been a big influence. I, I've, I've seen him do when I was a kid. You know, uh, drum clinics. I've seen him with White Snake when I was a kid. You know, it's like, yeah, that guy is is a legend for sure. Man. He is his solo with his hands alone is incredible. Love that solo. Absolutely love that solo. <laughs> uh, a solo, you know, in a competition as a kid for sure. After seeing that, that was so rad. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If um, if Tommy ever phones you to stand in for a show and you can't do it. Give me a call. <laughs> yeah, he's had a couple injuries that he's had to have subs and things like that. I mean, he's also like a maniac and he's, you know, doing like stunts every night with all the yeah. crazy drum solo rigs and stuff. So, Oh, did you have to, did you have to do any solos or anything like that? No, that tour there wasn't because it was amphitheaters. Ah, right. So there's no roller coasters involved. <laughs> Yeah. On the on the back seat or on the main seat? <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I will find that. I will definitely go and find that now. That's awesome. Um so let's talk about some 41. Obviously that's been it's been a big part of your career until obviously present day. So how how did that gig come a- along for you? Um, it's all Street Drum Corps again. We met on the Warp Tour together, and yeah. then uh, Street Drum Corps had a Vegas residency, um, and we would bring out, you know, special guests, and opening night, Derek was one of our special guests, and that was the first time we'd ever, like, played together. Um, and it's just like, you know, I'm, he's, you know, first of all, they're one of my favorite bands. They were great friends, and, like, you know, he's such an incredible front man. And when I got to actually play drums and feel him come on stage and just light up the stage, it was just pretty damn magical. And like, coincidentally enough, like the next week after that residency, Steve quit the band. So I like literally called Derek and I was like, you know, whenever you're ready, you know, like obviously I know you're going through a tough time. You know, it's they're all you know, high school brothers, you know, basically. Yeah. So it's like, um, I was just like, I love an opportunity and that turned into like, hey, come to my house and uh, come to my house and let's jam, um, you know, for a party. And then it turned into like more serious and the whole band came out from Canada to LA and spent a week together. And at the end of the week, they were like, you know, come on in. Amazing. That's wicked. And then, so did you record, you recorded the album in 2016 with those guys? Probably. I'm on my third record now yeah like we currently just are wrapping up a double record um but yeah it kind of was like i got in the band it was like we were right into the studio so that was pretty you know intense to just be in the band be in the studio right away like a lot of pressure in a good way and then it was like 
you know, my first show with the band was the AP Awards, which was the, the oh, you know, yeah. first, first show with Dave Brown sound back in the band. It was, you know, it was a surprise. We unveiled it, you know, right on stage that he was in the band. It was yeah. live streaming. It was a sold out arena. And then we brought up DMC from Run DMC with us. So it was just like, whoa. <laughs> Absolute spectacle for the first show. That's amazing. That's incredible. Um, so obviously you are a, a big endorser of uh, Zildjian Cymbals, uh, DW Hardware, SJC Drums, and Ahead Drumsticks. Um, now, obviously we, we, we met through SJC. We do a lot. <laughs> yeah, our guy Jack borrowed you his drum kit. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen, obviously, we've all seen sort of some of the works of art that you guys have created. Um, how's it been working with SJC? Uh, I mean, the best, dude. It's like, you know, it's, the drums are just incredible to play and to look at. Um, yeah. You know, and it's just like, anything is possible. There's like, that's, that's really why, you know, like, why I switched and went over to SJC. Like, I wanted to start doing these art fits with Shepard Ferry, you mm-hmm. know, and SJC, like in the beginning, figured out how to take his parts and like actually print them on the drums, etch them into the drum shells. Like it was pretty incredible. And then Shepard started actually hand the drums, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and they're just, they're, they just, every kid I get just keeps getting better, you know, like the sonics of it and, um, you know, and just the support, you know, because like I have two rigs. We have, yeah. you know, we have dual rigs because of just the insane logistics of touring. And, and you know, I play a pretty big kit um, and, you know, they're just always there for me. And it's like, they, you know, I was like, hey, I'm doing my solo set at Slam Dunk and my kit's not going to be available because it'll be on the main stage. I was like, you know, what do I do? And they, they hooked me up, with, with, you know, it's like through the SJC family. They're like, yeah, this is it. You know, they connected with me, with you. You guys brought down a kit for me and I was able to use it. And it's like the quality was great. So it's like, I don't have to play some rental backline that I'm not comfortable on. Like there's always yeah. a way of like, it's, you know, kind of family thing where they'll like, you know, Mike, the owner will literally just like go on social media and be like, who's got a kit in Anaheim that oh, yeah, this yeah, artist yeah. can borrow. And it's like, it's that kind of cool thing, but they do have you know, background kits. Like before we had the luxury of being able to ship our gear everywhere. You know, I was in Singapore, I had a SJC kits. Like there's always, <laughs> you know, there's a will, there's a way kind of. Yeah, they're, they're the sort of company that will bend over backwards for people. So it's, it's a really, really nice sort of family vibe to that company as well. Um, so how did you, the, the collaboration with, um, so like you did the Obey snare and the Obey kit. Did, did you choose the artwork? Did you collaborate with the artwork on that? Or how did that? Yeah, each kit's been the three-way collab with, with Mike, the owner, Meshesi, myself, and Shepard Ferry. Kind of like, I'll come up with the general, like, you know, idea. And then, like, my Rise Above kit, you know, was about, you know, it was like a mandala of yeah. all defragmented gun parts you know because like at the time there was just you know still it hasn't changed the amount of gun violence and all this stuff going on and i was just like watching it on the news when we were on tour and i was just like you know i'd rather have my drums be like an art piece and speak than me being on social media running my mouth about what i feel about this and we were able to do that so you know they literally found somebody to etch that mandala of all the you know 
gun parts into the shells of the drums that you could feel them and that kit's actually at the hard rock vegas um we sent the kit off after that cycle yeah it's um, on display now isn't it yeah actually it's it's in storage because the hard rock is temp they're moving um so i'll right. come back out when they're in a new location but it was out for for a while um which was cool we all got to go out there and see it together um and then this the that signature snare drum we did was like a take on that kit kind of the whole mm -hmm. kit in the snare drum um the second kit, I went to Shepard's, you know, one of his big art shows in LA and I just was inspired and took pictures of certain pieces and shared it with him. And that kit, he painted gold and each drum had different art on it, yeah. which was really cool. And that kit, I actually, it's off the road now. It's in my home studio, which is so nice. cool to play and look at it. Nice. And then I currently have an Obey kit um, that I'm using in Europe um, mm -hmm. that I've had for, you know, the last cycle and now. Um, and that's basically like all of his street art kind of looks like you'd see it on the street on a wall you know it's kind of like that all of that collage of stuff um so we've done three obey kits and then my my other kit right now that's on its way to australia we did like a throwback kind of old school you know very pop punk ish yeah. era kind of yeah. kit um which is fun it's it's super custom i mean they, they went nuts like i mean the amount if you look at it like the washers or a color to match yeah, this yeah. like they kind of went pretty nuts on that which was amazing amazing um and like i say you play zildjian cymbals you've been a big user of zildjian cymbals for for a long time now i don't think i've ever seen you play any other brand of cymbals oh yeah 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 oh <laughs> but uh i played zildjian my whole life that's what my father gave me so it's like yeah and then Rima, I've been with forever, and Ahead actually yeah. gave me my first endorsement ever in 1996. I was just no nobody, and I called them. I literally called them, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll hook you up." Uh, so again, was that was that kind of inspired by Tommy Lee? Because obviously, Tommy's got his own signature Ahead sticks. Yeah, I was like, when they came out, I was so like, "This is not drums. What is this foreign? You know, whatever." And then a buddy in school had them for you know, marching band and I tried them and I was like spending so much money because I just hit so hard going yeah. through cases and cases of sticks that I literally um, was like, I'm going to buy a pair and use them at home. So I'm not destroying when I'm practicing all these mm -hmm. sticks and save the, you know, and then I just got used to them. And then when I talked to the company and they told me the actual health benefits because I hit so hard to your hand. Yeah. I've never, I've never, gone back you know like i've 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 used a wood stick for like a session to like if, if the, you know they wanted like a more woody sound on like yeah, something yeah. and i can't stand it now i'm just so <laughs> in love with you know the ahead stuff um yeah it's great amazing have you ever been approached by any sort of weird and wonderful companies that have been sort of wanting you to 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 endorse them that's that's not been for you um i'd say more less snare drums like every, there's so many incredible custom snare drummers like there's a company from over here in europe that on our last cycle they're called stone drum they make literally out of stone oh, they okay. make snare drums yeah um and they brought me a couple snares to try out and literally a piccolo size 14 inch snare was the biggest sounding one um and that was really cool but just super super heavy um, yeah it, it looks like you know like it looks like a granite countertop or something um but it's made out of stone that was a really cool drum um you know but that's like a one-off thing that's more of mm -hmm. like a 
studio thing because um, some of that stuff isn't so practical for live when you're just like feeding living out of something you know it's just like certain things don't work um, yeah. for live but totally yeah because i can remember dw did a concrete snare um and i remember i remember picking that up and it weighed as much as a car it was so so heavy like i i would not yeah i would um it's cool um but i i used to just use bell brass or bronze mm -hmm. as my main snares for this band line it's just it just cuts through everything yeah awesome man i mean uh you you're a hard-working guy you can tell that from sort of just reading about you and your resume and everything like that but that hard work seems to have paid off for you but how how do you balance everything because you've got obviously you've got to put a lot of time into into the sum stuff and then you've got all of your collaborations and your solo stuff all, all running alongside of it how do you manage that i think it's just like all about time management mm -hmm. um it's just something that's been naturally um easy for me my whole life for you know um and i think it's just because at a young age i had like a job working for my grandfather in his theater doing like stage managing and I was responsible for so many things and I think I just learned that kind of discipline early on um and it's just there's definitely time to do everything in the days I just I've got a pretty you know my calendar is my best friend I just schedule it out and just kind of get it done um because you know it's I just love so many different you know things in life um and it just you know, want to get out the solo side, you know, the business side with the street drum corps, obviously mm -hmm. some 41 when we're on, we're on and we're touring a ton, but there's a lot of time on the, when I'm home, I'm in family mode, you know? So yeah, it's, I have, I have kind of less time. So I've kind of got to really structure things out because I need to spend family time. But when I'm on tour, it's like, we play an hour and a half a day and then have a, you know, 30 minute soundtrack the rest of the day. I have time to work on all the things that you're, you know talking about especially on days off i'm just in my hotel room just knocking stuff out yeah so you just have just have a really sort of regimented schedule of what needs done and you just get it done yeah i enjoy it i mean even on show days i have a two hour you know strict routine to get ready and then a 30 minute you know after show routine it's like you know it's just uh just works for me i don't know it's just some oh, people oh. are good with schedules some aren't let's touch on that then so what is what's your what is your 30 show after after show routine what is the 30 minute after show routine um ice like cold yeah. plunge yeah like cold plunge um for the inflammation stretch so do you put put hands first hands and arms straight in an ice bath exactly like for three and a half to five minutes depending um what i need and then just a bunch of stretching breath work um yeah you know, and just things to kind of dig down and regulate. Um, and then, you know, either backstage or on the bus, make a, you know, a really healthy smoothie because it's too late to have a dinner. Yeah. Um, so I'll just do a smoothie with all the nutrition that I need um, and then just get my bunk and read. And I probably, I can't make it past like two pages and I'm passed out. Or if I'm still wound up, I'll do some breath work to just kind of knock out. So it literally is it's sort of 30 minutes to really wind down your body, wind down your mind, chill you out, relax you so that you can then rest and do it and do it all again tomorrow. Yeah. And it was what was crazy is after not, you know, touring for two and a half years because the pandemic, like when we started up again, I had so much adrenaline because it was just like, you know, I 
I did some shows and one-offs and things, but it wasn't like a sub 41 crazy touring. So for the first week of our tour, I had so much adrenaline. Like I couldn't combat. I was trying all the things that I'm telling you about and it wasn't working. So like I had to call some coaches and learn some other protocols to like take the edge off. Cause I was just so jacked up, you know, like yeah. from just that, that rush again, that, you know, it was like kind of that mechanism had kind of went dormant when it fired up again, it was just like, let's go, you know? It's like 10 times bigger than ever because you've missed it for that chunk of time. Yeah, totally, man, totally. Um, so with with the Some Stuff and all the collaborations and everything, do you have, I suppose, Some Stuff aside, do you have a favorite collaboration or project that you've worked on or a couple of favorites? Um, That's a good one. I mean, I, I think just like, probably just like through the pandemic, it would just be doing this whole solo project and collaborating with so many incredible singers and producers and songwriters um, because it was just such a amazing experience to balance out not being able to tour or just the negativity of the pandemic. And it was just like a mental health kind of escape. Um, and it was just also like really going for something, going out of my comfort zone to, yeah do something that kind of really isn't that like normal, you know, you're a drummer kind of do a project like that. So, um, and it was just really cool to just see how open people were to collaborate. Cause I think everybody's going through the same thing. and wanted to like be able to, you know, no one said no, anybody that I called or hit up, even if I cold, you know, hit them up on social media, it was like, everybody was down to do stuff. And it was pretty cool. And we, you know, it was a lot of like remote working, um, because of just, you know, people not being able to travel or being in other countries or whatnot. Um, but that was, yeah, that was, that was a fun one. Um, and then like, I'd say is like, like live collaborations, like definitely like, you know, getting to play with like Motley Crue and playing with mm -hmm. Lincoln Park and stuff like that was yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and then like the, the EDM world getting to do these insane festivals where people just go completely mad. Is, <laughs> yeah. It's like hundreds of thousands of people at them as well. Yeah. Doing those festivals in, in Europe and stuff were insane. Like, yeah. So nuts. I've, you know, that stuff's been a, a big highlight as well. Amazing. Amazing. You've done some good stuff, man. You've done some really, really cool stuff in your career. Um, I mean, obviously you work hard, and did you are you self-taught did you have lessons or was yeah it was self-taught to start and then um studied at a drum school and you know just learned all the reading and you know rudiments and all that and then yeah, yeah. later on I went to like more like private lessons with you know different teachers and then it got serious like out of uh out of high school, instead of going to a traditional college, I went to the Drummers Collective in New York City. Oh, cool. um, and, I, and I studied with like an Afro-Cuban drummer. I yeah, studied yeah. with a, bro a Broadway show player. So like, I wanted to like well-round myself to be able to work and do music for my whole life. You know, I was just like, I need to just not be a one-trick pony. So let me, instead of going to a traditional college, let me go to this drum college and put myself through the ringer and learn all this stuff. And it was, I, I think it really opened me up as a, as a player because like, I feel like that stuff just really, some of that stuff comes out in ways that in you know you would never know like you know mm -hmm. which is cool it just really opened my you know horizon of music stuff but um yeah so as to so as to not pigeonhole yourself into sort of oh, oh frank's only a rock drummer or he's only a punk drummer you broadened your horizons so that you could play pretty much anything that was put in front of you 
Exactly. And then, you know, now that I, you know, in the pandemic, we moved and I finally have like a proper drum studio now, which I had never had for, you know, 17, 18 years of living in, you know, in California. So I finally like, we moved, I have a proper place now. So like I started falling in love with practicing again and like doing my homework to get ready for, especially for 741, like doing pre-pro for a tour or pre-pro for the recording, like being able to really shed again. And then like, because my kids are taking lessons now, like I broke out the nice. books again. So like, I'll get on the pad and go through, you know, those books that I, I learned on. But like, I actually, before this tour cycle, I started taking um, lessons with Dave Elich, which was like, Ooh, you know, nice. I've known him for years. Yeah. And that was incredible because like, there was some issues I was noticing and I, and I think it was mainly like a couple mental blocks and things that were mm -hmm. happening. And I was just like, I didn't know how to fix them. And I got with Dave and we corrected a couple things. And then, you know, he gave me some stuff to work on some stuff to read. And then coincidentally, like months later, he was filling in for Weezer when I was at a festival in Europe and he came and watched my set right behind me. And he just came up to me after and he's like, I have no notes, dude. You like everything we worked on you're doing naturally. And it was like the coolest thing to hear, you know. Um, and, you know, I practice every day for, you know, an hour backstage. I have a warm up kit. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll work on if we're changing things out in the set that, you know, we're going to add that I need to work on. Or if there was something last night that I felt could be better or, mm -hmm. or you know, and especially like when we were in the studio on the last tour, I'd be recording on days off or whatnot. I had to keep practicing the songs that I was recording to stay tight on them and whatnot. Um, so that's been really cool to have, you know, a, a practice room backstage to be able to, yeah, yeah. you know, work on stuff. Um, it's funny though, when you said um, collaboration too, just for like this being a drum, you know, thing, I think one of the coolest drum things I did was for the AP awards, like a couple of years ago, I did a, a thing with Adrian from No Doubt and Josh from 21 Pilots. Oh, that, this, this was another award that you won. I, I did. I, because that year, you also won Best Drummer of the Year at the Alt Press Awards. Yeah, that, that was crazy. Um, but the performance was so fun because I just called AP and I just had this crazy idea to do this thing. And, you know, Adrian, I've, I've, he's worked with True Drum Corps for years. We've been buds for yeah. years. He was down, but we were like trying to figure out a third person. And we just kept referencing Josh from Toronto Pilots and none of us knew him. So I was just like, let's just get him. Like, let's ask, you know, Mike from SJC if he'd be down again on the phone with Adrian and I. We got on the phone, he was in, and we just put together this insane drum thing, which was like the most fun I've ever had doing a drum project. Like, it was so fun. Dude, I, I, I remember watching it and just thinking, this, this is probably, I've watched the AP Awards for years, and I think that was by far my favorite part of any alt press awards obviously obviously being a drummer I'm, I'm biased anyway but it was just such a cool show to watch the production of it was fantastic the playing was fantastic the three guys up there were awesome it was just really really cool to watch so and josh was a surprise too so that was cool because the kids freaked out they didn't know until yeah the, and the, the coolest part was putting that together like we went in adrian's little like drum room and it's like cellar the three of us had like we could only fit like because Adrian's kit took up the room, like me and Josh were able to have like a kickstand and hat each, like touching each other, like in this little room. And it was just cool to like woodshedding with those guys yeah. and like dissecting parts because three drummers together can be bad, you know? So it was just oh, like, yeah. how are we going to break up parts, Phil? So it's not just sounding like, you know, a mess. And that, that mm -hmm. was really cool to kind of dive in and, and do that. Amazing, man. Amazing. Right. I've got, um, 
I've got three quick fire questions for you. So um, I want you to give me first answer that comes to your head for all three of them. Um, first one is, I think I could probably guess the answer to this, but who's been the most influential drummer to you throughout your life? I mean, definitely. Like we touched on earlier, Tommy Lee, for sure. Oh, as much? Just, yeah, that's, I mean, from just being such a heavy hitting pocket, all groove drummer, and then just being a showman and just putting drums to the forefront. I mean, that's like, that's so awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, second one. What is your favorite song to play live with some 41? It's a good one. I would have to say um, probably Still Waiting. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's fun when drum wise and it just goes so hard with the crowd. Like that's, yeah. like, that's, a, that's a fun one. That's such a sing-along as well. That is a, an absolute sing-along. Right, third one, Curveball, totally not related to drums whatsoever. Who do you think would win in a fight between a bear and a lion? Probably a lion. You know, it's funny that you say this. On the last tour in U.S., our crew had this game that they were playing every single day where it was like, okay, they would say one of them in the back lounge of the bus with a bear. Who would win? <laughs> like a debate that went on for days. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, right. Well, thank you. Thank you for indulging me in those, uh, in those three random questions. Um, I've got one more, I've got one more question about your, your live show, because obviously I've seen you live. Um, and I know that you do, you play a solo with, um, some, and obviously you've got all your own solo stuff as well. Are your solos, are your solos premeditated in any way? Do you prepare for them? Are they, are they written or is it improv? No, I mean, it's definitely like there's like a skeleton and then it's kind of what happens in between that is kind of just like off the cuff. Because um, I think it's just, I, I don't want to think about it too much. I just want it to be natural. Like on this tour, there wasn't going to be a drum solo. Like we didn't do one on the American leg of this. And then all of a sudden we added like third show and we added a medley of, of all killer songs and does this look infection songs. Like we basically like, are doing four songs in with like a one song length and we end with all messed up and at the end there's like a short section to just go nuts and it's it's fast and like we just this all happened in soundcheck and Derek was like yeah you kind of go nuts like you did on, and I was like I forgot what I had done because we had toured that <laughs> tour so long ago and then I was like oh yeah yeah, yeah but I don't want to watch too much of it I just remembered like the beginning snare thing and then kind of they just go kind of from there each night and it's fun it's just a quick little blast but yeah it's fun it's fun because I didn't know that pyro and stuff was going to go off when I did that so it's it's just it's it's a fun hype part of the night every night because it's fire and it's just you know it's a quick little moment um I've built stuff in the in the past where we actually had had you know some kind of things I was playing along to and then there was improv stuff and whatever, but just kind of there wasn't time on this run because we've been doing a lot of anniversary stuff. Um, so I've kind of just like do it on a, the end of like one quick little song. It's fun. Cool. Got you. Got you. 
Yeah, indeed, man, indeed. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. I'm I'm going to let you get back to your day, and um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for for coming and chatting with us. Um, so you've got the rest of this tour, which ends in London. Uh, you're doing a solo show at the Garage. Yeah, right after our Ali Pali show on October 21st. Yeah. Then we have a uh, we have a break. And then we go to Australia with the Offspring in December. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, and then new record in the new year and world touring to you know support that. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, if you want to come to the London show, just shoot me shoot me an email. Um, I'll take care of it. For sure, sounds good, man. Sounds good. Um, and I think so. After that, the next time you're over in the UK, I think. We should probably try and get you if you've got any Scottish date whatsoever in the UK. We should try and get you for a clinic in our Glasgow store. That'd be super cool. Um, you know, I've basically on this next break, I'm going to be doing a couple pop up uh, workshops for School of Rock, which is yeah. It's kind of been a really cool way to um, change kind of the clinic game. You know, I'm basically created these events now where i go to school of rock or we go to a really cool location we bring in school of rock we let the the house bands go play whatever they want as long as they want then i get up there i do like a 15 20 minute of just like kind of a bunch of some songs and solo stuff kind of whatever then i talk for a bit with the kids which is just like whatever they want to talk about whatever they want to have questions about and then the coolest thing is we end it where i jam with the kids oh Um, that's awesome and then, and then I just hang. I hang. And, yeah. and I've been doing these tours. My first one was in China years ago. I've done them all over America. I did them actually in the pandemic, which was amazing to just get in front of kids and give them something when the world was shut down. Um, and I'm going to start doing, because the, the touring part, there's a lot involved in that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing more one-offs where like I go to a market and we bring a bunch of schools into like a big theater. So we can get a, a bunch of people and then it's just like one show to make it make more sense than me kind of having to be on a tour and go to someplace that maybe wouldn't make sense to a tour. So yeah. I'm going to get a couple of those in um, at the end of this year and hopefully beginning of next year. So I'm working with school of rock on that now. So it'd be cool to just implement that same kind of thing with y'all. Um, yeah, for know, sure. When we, when we come over there, cause it's fun, man, just get like some local, you know, I'm sure you guys have something similar, you know, or even if it's just the drum students, you know, local yeah. drum students where we're just playing, a, you know, tracks, whatever, just to make it fun and different and more inspiring than just like, here's this guy, he's going to play every damn lick he knows in the book. And he's going to just talk about all this stuff. Like I, you know, I would go to those when I was a kid and I would leave there like, that was cool, but it's just like, it wasn't this vibe and a thing. So yeah. it's been cool to, to make it fun for these kids where you don't have to be a drummer to, to go to it and have a good time. You know, like the one of the ones I did recently, I was at a, uh, a school of rock in Orange County and I had Adrian from No Doubt just show up and surprise the kids. And they didn't know. I told them to I told them to learn a Ramon song. And not only were the kids freaking out to meet Adrian, but they got to play with Adrian a Ramon song, which was yes. pretty badass. That so it's been badass. cool to just like give back and do stuff like that for kids because I didn't come up with any of this kind of stuff. So it's been really cool. And you know, I'm just super passionate about it and just trying to like inspire the next generation of musicians for sure man well we appreciate you and we appreciate that again thank you so much for your time enjoy the rest of the tour and we will catch up again soon all right brother good to see you man cheers man thanks buddy see ya thanks for listening to this episode of the drummers only podcast please leave us a review and make sure you subscribe
If you need any more information about us or any gear mentioned, head on over to drummersonly.co.uk and make sure you follow us on all of our social channels at drummersonlyuk. Thanks for listening. Peace.